Look at my car. Look at my girl, look like the star. Look at my life. Came up, nigga, we came so far. You see us. Crush off. Get off. You see us, nigga. Look at my car. Look at my girl, look like a star. Look at my life. What's up, everybody? My name is Jawan Rohan, and this is the Misguided Podcast, where we intend to guide you to a better future. I'm sitting here with Connie S. Falls, and the S is for Systems. Hello. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Um, how's your Sunday today? Today is um, is the Super Bowl for everyone listening um, later in the week, so um, it's a busy day today. It is, but you know what? Today is just a day for me to relax. Everybody else is up in arms and all true, people. true, I'm true. The laundry <laughs> got a lot of laundry to do. I do. Ah, uh, uh, man. See, I I thought ahead already. I already did my I did my laundry Friday. Usually I do it on Sunday, but this week I did it on Friday. I, I don't even like the Super Bowl. I just I just had some time. I guess I don't I don't remember. But yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's good. I, I appreciate you for uh, coming up here on the Zoom and 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 chatting with me. Um, let's go ahead and get into uh, into stuff you do. You know, um, who are you? Let the audience know. So I am Connie S. Falls, and the S is for Systems. I've spent the last fourteen years this July creating operational systems for creative entrepreneurs. What does that mean? Because systems is a sexy word right now, right? Mm-hmm. So. Operational systems are the policy, process, procedures, all of the foundational documentation that goes into making a sustainable business. Most of us have cool businesses that are really, really hobbies, more so than a formal business. By having that actual documentation, that's what legitimizes your business. It gives you the opportunity to create generational wealth because you created generational documentation. So that's what we do for all of our clients over the last 14 years. I like that. A lot of people don't talk about that. Um, you know, having that documents um, is what creates you as an established business. A lot of people don't talk about that. They they do. It, it ends up being a hobby because it's like, you know, oh, I have this, you know, this clothing business and you should support it. But you don't have the documentation to to kind of show IRS, which is, you know, the ones you got to show um, that this is a, a true business. Um or they'll write they'll write you off as a hobby. Um, so that's super important. And then as far as building generational wealth, I think you kind of have to have like this streamlined process, um, you know, for the next generation to follow. And if you don't have documentation of that process that you're creating or that you're replicating, um, there's no there's no nothing to follow. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and especially in minorities. So I, I deal primarily with women, minorities, and veterans because okay. we're the ones that are, I consider the most disenfranchised outside of homeless. And I have a program for that as well. But when you're looking at the documentation part, that's what we actually pass down, yeah. right? So you look at these businesses and you can't pass down the knowledge you have in your head. Just like you just can't put it over and we touch heads and now you understand. It mm-hmm. has to be something that we're tangibly passing down. So even when you look biblically, uh, one of my favorite scriptures is Habakkuk 2.2, which said, everybody knows the first part, which is write the vision and make it plain. So everybody's like, oh, that means write a business plan. Mm -hmm. No, the next part of it is so that those that come after you can run with it. Mm -hmm. That means what you're documenting is not for you. It's for those that are going to carry on that vision that God gave you. So for me, creating that documentation is what actually creates a generational wealth. It is what creates a business that's going to be sustainable and scalable. Because if you're not starting from a founda- a good foundation, what are you gonna create later on? Everybody wants to automate and digitize, make everything digital, and, and they want everything to just run on its own and have this you know, mailbox money, but they haven't created a process or a system on the front end for it to even automate. And you cannot automate a mess, you cannot. Yeah. So we make sure that it's foundationally sound on the front end before you get to the automation space. Very true. Uh, let's take this podcast, for example. You talked about um, you're, you're documenting for the next generation. This podcast right here, I'm not doing this podcast for me or, or for you. You know, I'm doing it so they can hear your story and, you know, they can, you know, avoid the same mistakes we made, you know. Um, so 
that's prime prime example. There's so many examples, but um, very true, very true. Um, where are you from? Where are you from? From California, from Fresno, California, right out the valley. Fresno. Okay, I'm from the Bay, so um, that's oh, cool. So you already know. Yeah, you know, we're we're in space. We're in the call it the armpit of California. Yeah, yeah, you really are. You're in like no man's land, really. <laughs> so people, I didn't realize it was country until I grew up and I started hearing other people talk. And I'm like, man, y'all go to the store to get eggs? We used to go to the farm. Um, that's crazy. Farm? No, y'all never rode horses growing up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe it was a little bit country. So. Yeah. You know what? You know what's crazy is I didn't even know it was that country until the um, the election stuff. Really, with all the protests and stuff, I didn't know it was, like Fresno was that country. I just thought it was in the middle of nowhere, and that's where kind of people went to like get away from the Bay, but still be a part of California, like almost like Stockton out here. Like, it's cool. Uh, I heard the Fresno uh, housing market is, is doing well, though. So you got that going for you. We have land. We, we have all yeah. the open space and we're built on a grid. So, you mm -hmm. know, it, this whole area of town is being uh, redeveloped. So, yeah, it's, it's good out there right now, even though compared to Atlanta, where I am now, mm -hmm. uh, for what I can buy here and buy in California. Yeah, I know. So Things. Yep, yep. My godmom is uh is in Atlanta too, and I I keep trying to convince her to come back here because I miss her, but she's like, nah. <laughs> like I have a I have a mansion out here. <laughs> Definitely uh, buy a five thousand square foot house for two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, um, cool, cool. Well, let's go ahead and 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 talk. You also have a book, so you're an author. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I like that cover. So let, let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, when did you write it? And how did you even come up with the cover and the name? That's really cool. So the name is Scrambled Eggs, Must Have Playbook for Organizing an Entrepreneur's Brain. Cheese. <laughs> uh, so me and my daughter, we're both little ADD kids. I have a 10-year-old daughter named Ashley. We bounce off the walls, literally. Oh, and man. TikToks. All the TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> All of Play. Uh -huh. So one day she's running around. She's probably like maybe five. She's running around like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I want to do. And I was like, well, what do you want to do first? She's like, I, I don't know. I, I just want to do everything. It's like my mind is like scrambled eggs. I was oh, like, you know what? That's fire. Me too. That's exactly how I feel. Like I do feel like my mind is scrambled eggs sometimes. You wake up, it's what do I do first? What task am I supposed to do? How do I organize my mind to even figure out what task? That is a issue with those that have ADD or ADHD is prioritizing tasks, right? So I was like, okay, how do I not have the scrambled eggs feeling in my head? I really need to start focusing on creating my own system. Mind you, I do it for everyone else, but I had to get an organ, a way to organize my thoughts first. So that's where we came up with the book title. Um, and my daughter actually picked out what the picture would be. She's five at the time. So we were <laughs> like, you know what? Scrambled eggs, cool. You want whole eggs on the front? Hey. <laughs> Whatever you want. That's just a, a, an example of having yeah. an organized mind. You have a whole egg versus a scrambled egg on the cover. Yeah. Um, but really is from the space of trying to organize all of your thoughts. Most of us can never get to the place of writing SOP, standard operating procedures, creating workflows and policy and procedure because our mind is so scrambled. We wake up in the morning, we're overwhelmed with thoughts, we're overwhelmed with tasks. And unless you really take the time to stop and organize your brain, organize your mind, you will not be able to move your business into a, a place where you can scale it you will not be able to grow your business into a place where you can start documenting until you get your mind organized first. So that's why this first book, um, I have more that are gonna come along after, after time, but that first book was important because I can't talk to you about standard operating procedures when you can't figure out what the task is that you're supposed to do first. So it really breaks down, how do I organize my thoughts? Mm -hmm. What's the first task? What's the second task? What's the third thing? And it seems really simple, but it's where you start. Mm -hmm. You have to start somewhere. So this is where I urge everyone to start is here with this book. Love it. I love it. I, I want to piggyback off that. But first, um, let everyone know where they can purchase the book because I think I'll be purchasing it. Do you have it on Audible? It is not on Audible oh, yet. Gotta get it. Amazon. 
I know, yeah. I know. You, you know, got a good voice too. Me. You should do it. <laughs> Thank you. It, yeah. Here's what's funny. I, I despise listening to myself. So I was oh. like, oh my God, I'm gonna, if I do it, I'm gonna sound like Barry White. I have this deep voice. I'm ridiculous. I probably talk backwards. You know, I've been in Georgia between me raised, being raised in Fresno <laughs> and living in Georgia all this time. I damn near sound country. So yeah. I'm like, I, but I wrote the book exactly how I talk. So I'm like, if they want to hear me talk, then this is what the hell it's gonna sound like. So um, I am gonna get it on Audible. You can get it on Amazon and you can also buy the ebook copy of it, which people are really uh, seeming to enjoy is being able to grab the ebook on Instagram, which is in my link on my bio and my IG is Connie S. Falls. Yep. Don't forget the S. <laughs> For the systems. S. There you go. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I definitely wanna, um, wanna purchase. Uh, I just like have a hard time not not hard time, but I just don't have as much time to sit down and read. So that's why Audible is super important to me because um, I can listen to the book while taking after my one year old, you know what I mean? Or like working out in the gym, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I don't put that on my list. Let me, let me do that right now. You don't put it on my list. You yeah, there you go. go prioritize, ahead. prioritize. Um, but yes, I did want to piggyback off prioritizing because um, it's super, it's super important. A lot of people get stuck in this. We talk about it every, I swear, like every episode, this analysis paralysis um, stage, right? Where they have so many things that that go on, right? In their head and they don't kind of know how to juggle it. Um, I really preach, and this is what helps me get through the day is prioritizing. I live off my calendar. Like if I lost my calendar, I don't know what the hell I'll do tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I schedule everything from like what's most important to me that day um, down to, you know, what I'm going to do at night. If I have like a, a reminder such as you need to switch the laundry, I schedule it, you know, because I know things pop up in the day that will kind of distract me away from remembering that. So um, systems, you have to have systems in place. Um, Absolutely. I'm glad and even what I use, what I use is actually a brainstorm board, which ironically I have next to me. Um, oh, you didn't plan that? I thought you planned that. <laughs> no, I actually didn't. So, this, I do, <laughs> so I do a workshop and I teach people again how to prioritize their mind and their tasks. Yeah. So literally I use a brainstorm board where I put whatever my task is. So if today it's taking care of the house, I literally start breaking it down. So living room, kitchen, bathroom, um, office and then okay what do i need to do in the office and i start ah. breaking task and as it's done it's done right as the next task okay so i did this in my office okay great that's done what's the next task and we literally prioritize because again if you don't see it you can't do it so if i see it and say okay i have to make sure i organize all my mail okay i have to take all the the bills that i need to pay and i need to go ahead and stop what i'm doing cuz i want them all to be virtual or where i could pay them online and then i'll go immediately and i'll do everything online boom that task is done so literally i create a brainstorm board to prioritize every task i have in my life that's so, so that's yeah, so that's cool. cool i literally i literally do that on the calendar so that i love that that's a that's a great idea um Thank man you. damn uh, great knowledge. Um, it's super important, especially as entrepreneurs, which a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this um, and people who, who want to start a business. Um, you have to have systems in place first before you can start that business or else that business just looks like a mess to everyone else, um, which you don't want. Um, that's super cool. Super cool. Um, let's go ahead and talk about um, how you first got introduced to generational wealth. So for me, I never was introduced to it growing up. I mean, you know, I was raised yeah. by my grandmother, my grandmother, no short to them. But again, who taught them? Yeah. You know, yeah. great grandparents, their great grandparents, they were slaves. Like who, who taught us generational wealth? So that's really even a new type of concept that we're finally getting to see behind the veil and understand how our counterparts, melanin deficient counterparts, have been able to build out these wonderful, amazing, long lasting businesses. It's because they put systems in place to mm -hmm. create the generational wealth. Many, many of the times it's based off of life insurance policies, which again, we don't talk about. We don't talk about the need for having a will 
right? And we definitely don't have insurance. So when it comes to somebody passing, which everyone will die, most of these other, other families that we're not privy to that information, when someone dies, yeah, you got a million dollar policy. And guess what? That goes to being able to start your business, buy your first house, pay for college tuition. But in our culture, in our families, we don't talk about that. You don't talk about grandma's about to pass away. Your dad doesn't sit you down and talk to you about, yo, this is what the steps you need to take. So for me, this is something like it's by trial and error. So when I looked and started figuring out, okay, great, I'm doing wonderful in this entrepreneur space, but what happens when I pass away? Like what happens? Cause one day we're all going to die. And that's just, you know, reality, but what's going to happen when I pass away, my business will die with me, right? Most of us have never set up the processes or any type of documentation that when you pass, your business is not going to outlast you. Your legacy is going to die right along with you. So I was like, what can I do in order to make sure that my name outlives me? Mm. People will know I am Connie S. Falls and the S is for systems far after I'm gone. My yeah. great, great grandchildren will benefit off of the businesses that I built, not just my own, but for those I built for clients as well. My great, great, great grandchildren will be able to go and solicit the businesses that I've started for other people. So when I think about generational wealth, it's not just about my generation. It's about those that come after. And the only way that you can do that is through creating the documentation that can live after you. So when it comes to wealth and investments and, and, and wills and life insurance and making sure that all the documentation is in order, because we never yeah. know when it's going to be our time, you have to make sure that all of the foundational things that you need are set in stone, not just your thoughts, but set in stone to make sure that it does outlive you. That's how you start getting into the generational space, generational wealth space. Very true. No, I, I, man, you're so smart. <laughs> you're so smart. <laughs> My voice just cracked a little bit because you're so smart. You got me like, whoa. Um, yeah, no, I, I love that. That was well said. Well said. Um, I love to teach like, the, you know, the youth, but anybody really just kind of kind of financial literacy. Like that's super important because like you said, we as minorities were not shown that way. And <laughs> And they had no idea. Like my mom, my mom's white and has no idea about financial literacy. <laughs> so like, um, and my dad definitely, he's black, definitely has no no idea um, how to manage money um, or has no systems in place, which is super important as we talked about. But I think that's super important. When I became a dad a year and a half ago, that was like my number one goal is to like, make sure there is something for when I die for my son, because I know when my, when my dad dies, there's nothing left for me. Right. Just memories. Right. But I, I want something that's like, that can be carried down, whether it's a business or businesses or books, something that they can read or this audio from the podcast, from music, whatever, just hearing me um, something that they can like carry down and that works for them. And you know what's crazy is we think about what we pass on after we pass on, right? We think of pictures, we think of memories. So let's use pictures, for example. We are so adamant about, let's make sure we get together and take a family picture. Let's make sure that we have these beautiful pictures. Oh, and yeah, these yeah, yeah. Together, right? We think of that when it comes to pictures, but we don't think about the picture of our business. We don't Ooh. think about, come on now, what, what are we leaving behind for our business to be remembered? Are they just going to be memories that fade or are we going to have something tangible like how these pictures are attached to memories? Your memory of your business is attached to documentation. And if you don't have that in place, the memory is going to fade. My legacy, my name will never fade. It will never fade because I've created enough documentation that once you're like, yeah, I remember the systems chick. Oh yeah, you remember me. You're gonna remember this book too. You're also gonna remember all the courses. You're gonna remember these podcasts. You remember these interviews. You remember the businesses and the documentation that she left behind to show that she was here. Mm -hmm. I will be remembered. And I'm intentional about that when it comes to my businesses and when it comes to my clients' businesses because I don't wanna be forgotten. Sam Walton wasn't thinking about that day he was thinking about the future. Mm -hmm. We're not like, we, we know his name. We mm -hmm. see his name every time we walk into a Walmart. We know who he is. We understand the legacy that he has. This is about legacy. And there's no legacy just based off memories, right? Just imagine if Sam Walton was a great guy. 
He was a wonderful person. Okay, guess what? Three generations later, nobody thinking about Sam. Yeah. yeah. But years and years and years later, we can see exactly what the fruit of his legacy was. Not his memory, but his real genuine legacy is left behind. And that's what I'm looking to build for myself and for my clients. Very true. I Just going back to the pictures thing, if you saw a picture of Sam, no one would know really who he is, right? If you didn't study, but like, you know what Walmart is, you know, like, <laughs> so that's a perfect example. I get, and you know, what's funny in Atlanta, I, every single time, there's yet to be one time I've left my house and somebody didn't say, oh my God, you look just like somebody or there's, you have a twin or a doppelganger. You look just like, I'm like, yeah, I'm a brown fluffy girl in Atlanta. Yeah, I look uh, like yeah. <laughs> brown fluffy girl in Atlanta. It's totally fine. Don't worry about it. So even, even though I look the same, there are very few people that say, yo, I know somebody that creates systems. Let me get you her information. They know that before they remember my face. Yeah. My picture, I look like everybody. Mm -hmm. What I do, I don't look like everybody. I am specific. I am very special in what I do. Connie S. Falls and S is for special and specific. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so many, so many definitions. Exactly. Oh, it changes today. My friends, they're trash. They they change the S. It could be for a uh, drunk. It could be for yeah. taco. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All the time. But I, but I want not just the picture and memory of me to last. I really want the legacy of my name to last longer than I do. Mm. No, I love that. Um, so that's kind of like the end goal, right? You know, having your name last forever, right? Um, legends never die, right? That's kind of the idea. But how do you get up to that point? And so where a lot of people struggle with is um, how do they get started? Or um, I'm scared to go into this and 10 years down the road, it's not what I want to do. You know, number one example is you go to college, you pay all this money, you study this one degree, you get out of college and now you're like, damn, now I'm forced to do this and I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? So my question for you is, have you always known that this is what you wanted to do? Or when did you figure it out? Because that's what a lot of people struggle with. First of all, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be. You know what I want to be when I grow up? I'm going to be a housewife. <laughs> hey. <laughs> happens to run a million dollar company. That's I actually made that post on Instagram today asking people, do you know what I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. My friend, I'm just to be a housewife, right? It happens to be a million dollar company. But <laughs> Um, I didn't always have the entrepreneur. I was the kid in elementary school when the doctors and teachers and lawyers, I'm old. So back, back in my day, <laughs> um, you only had a couple options. You want to be a teacher, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, a firefighter. Those are the only people that came to career day, right? There was no entrepreneur that showed up at career day to show me that anything I came up with in my head, I can actually make that a business. So I didn't grow up with the mindset like my daughter will um, of, I want to be an entrepreneur. This literally came from watching my little sister, who I always do my interviews because that's her um, in the background. Uh, when she was 10, 11 years old, she was the candy lady. And she was, the, you remember the candy lady that you, in the neighborhood, they come yeah. up by candy. She'd have the backpack in elementary school full of can Snickers and Skittles. Um, and, and during that time, I had quit my job because I hated it. And I started getting migraines and I just decided randomly one day after I blacked out driving, um, that I'm not coming back to work anymore. So I quit my job. Unfortunately, I did not have any money saved like most people don't. Um, and I ended up living at my dad's house with all of my belongings in the living room for a year. And my little sister, after watching me sit on the couch every day, one day she came home with a disappointed look like, so didn't you go to college? Like, didn't yeah. you do something? Like, why, are, why don't you have a job? Yeah. And I was like, first of all, that's rude. But secondly, I've been looking for a job. Nobody's hiring me. Yeah. She's like, well, why don't you start your own business like me? I'm the candy lady. So, you know, you could start, you could just be a business owner like me. And I was like, well, I don't know what I would do. She's like, well, what do you know how to do? I said, I know how to write business plans. She said, do people pay you for that? I was like, I guess. She's like, why don't you ask your friends if you could write them for them and then, and then start there and see if they'll do it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try that. And I literally called my friends and was like, hey, I know you have a business or you're, you have a barbershop. You know, do you need a business plan? Like, yeah, I need a business plan. I need to get funding. I was like, well, can I write one for you? And then you kind of tell me, give me a testimonial, tell me 
what you think about it. I wrote the business plan. And this is back in the day when you had to hand write stuff. It wasn't just, you yeah. know, templates, plugins and CDs yeah. and downloadable. <laughs> Downloadables. Um, yeah. We didn't have that. Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> I literally hand wrote it. And it was like, yo, this is great. I told my guy about it. And then I wrote a business plan for his friend and they told his wife about it. And I wrote her business plan. And then I started saying, hey, well, um, how much would you have paid for it? And they're like, I would have paid, you know, 5,000 for it. I was like, oh, shit. Really? Oh, shit. I would, yeah, they, they were going out <laughs> and getting $100,000 worth of funding off of the business plan. I, I did all the final financial projections, the marketing plans. Like I really wrote everything out by hand and then typed it in. And they were like, yo, we're really getting funding off of this. So I started saying, hey, it costs $5,000 for me to write a business plan. And people started paying me. So I went back to my sister. I was like, bruh. Wait, that was your first charging? That was your first invoice was $5,000? Yeah, my first invoice. Well, my fr- let me tell you my first, first invoice. So that was yeah. my first invoice and in telling people for business plans, right? But while I was writing the business plans, I started doing, I want to say, busy business work like the corporation formation. So also back in the day, before you can go online and start a business with a hundred bucks, you had to go and stand in the secretary of state office. You had to go and stand in line at the business license office. You had to get on the phone with the IRS. So I would do that work for people that were busy. So- um, Oh yeah, that's a, that's a big charge. That's a big charge right there. Right. So, (laughs) so what happened was I had a, um, uh, a woman reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I heard what you're doing. You know, I got your number from someone at the bank and they said that you could help me get some business stuff organized. I was like, oh, okay, I have my little, my little cheap Vistaprint business cards. And, yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, that's everybody's first business card. It's so trash. They're so thin. They're like literally the, 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 the width of a post-it note. Yeah. It's so trash. Yeah. But um, she, she reached out to me and I helped her do a whole slew of stuff. And I mean, I'm talking about a lot of stuff. We worked together probably about two or three months. I did her daughter's applications for college. I helped organize her office. I put all of her businesses into trust. Like I really helped her with a lot. But again, I hadn't really charged anybody one-on-one like that before. So I gave her an invoice for $2,500. And mind you, I didn't have a meeting. I didn't have an office. So we're meeting at Starbucks, like super bootleg. But that's um, what people do nowadays, though. <laughs> and now it's cool, right? Or, now or we cool. meet on Zoom. So, like, it's cool now. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I get and I meet her at, at Starbucks and my hands are shaking because I've never really given an invoice for tasks before. I didn't really know how to charge. And I gave her the invoice for $2,500. And when I said she laughed at me, she laughed, like, bellows, knee, like, ah, knee slapping, like, <laughs> right? And, and I started crying. I was like, cause I thought I charged her too much. And she said, don't you ever, ever give anyone an invoice like this. You, I would have paid you three times the amount that you charged me for this invoice. I can't even refer you because people will think that your work is cheap because your invoice is cheap. And I was like, and she wrote me a check for $10,000. Oh man. So yeah. That was my first time invoicing. That was the most I had ever been paid at that point. And she said, don't you ever let anybody, don't you ever give anyone an invoice lower than this amount. And she handed me the check and I fell into her lap and I bawled like a baby. But I said that to say that my beginning started with my little sister motivating me because she was as the candy lady. And then from that, I said, okay, okay, crazy woman that just gave me this $10,000 check, bet. Then I go back and I'm like, yo, how much would y'all pay for these business plans? They're like, I'd pay 5,000 for it, bet. So now I don't charge anything less for this business plan than five. I don't charge anything less for my consulting services as 10. And then I just started rocking and rolling. Damn. And that was 14 years ago. 14? That was 14 years ago. So what's your sister do now? Is she an entrepreneur? She is. She has a whole entire photography company. She does videography, pictures, travel. Uh, celebrity does their pictures she's phenomenal that's cool she still sell candy on the side hey <laughs> little snicker <here. laughs> no now you know she's she's elevated from candy now. <laughs> bravo, now she's bravo. to get on her books now i'm like can, can i get a picture though no? okay yeah right me. like shit, i shot you out in every episode huh like <laughs> every single episode yeah. but that's, that's my kid. it started from her being this age and being that dope that's super cool, man. That's that's a great story. Was the woman who laughed at you um, when you handed her the invoice? Was she black? Black old woman? Oh, 
Oh, she was an old white woman. And let me let me tell you who she was. She was, um, and she asked me, she said, by now you probably know who I am and what I've done. I said, I do. And she said, why would you give me an invoice like this? If you know what I've done, you know what kind of businesses I have. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm curious now. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, she was the United States court appellate judge, so which is the highest level as yeah. a judge in the United States. So she moved from DC to Atlanta to open her law practice, but she didn't know how to do it. And I said, but you know how to do all of this stuff. Why wouldn't you do it? She said, I learned so much from this woman. And mind you, she was like maybe 65 years old. And she said, just because I'm graced in this area doesn't mean I'm graced in this area. She said, now, when it comes to the court, there's no one that understands law better than I do. No one understands the U.S. court process better than I do. She said, but I've never had to write a, a letter to get into college. You know, her daughter did. She's like, so I, I, I didn't. All of my, uh, I didn't have to write for scholarships or apply because they sought after me. She's like, so I don't know how to do this. I also don't know how to organize an office. You know, I've been in a, in a court system, you know, working for the government all these years. Somebody came in and did this for me. So I don't know how to do it for myself. I've never started a business. I've always worked in, in, in the legal field. So I've never had to go and start one for myself. You know how to do all of this. So I have to pay you for your expertise. I pay for what I don't know. And I was like, God, she's like, just because I'm smart doesn't mean that I'm smart in the same area as you are. Yeah. And I'm like, I, when I say I cry, like I bawled in this lady's lap. Like she just was patting my little hair, like, oh, sweet little black girl. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is like fluffy, huh? <laughs> yeah, I love the protector, but, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was such a great learning experience for me because had, had, imagine had she just said, okay, and took the invoice and paid it without giving me the game on there. My you would have never gone. knew. Never. You, you would have never knew your value. Absolutely not. And I was, you know, $25 an hour. Cause at that point I had really made $25 an hour. You know, I'm coming from being in customer service space. Now, mind you, I've worked for hey, 14, 14 years ago, $25 or $25 an hour is pretty good. So <laughs> I was like, I was typing the invoice. I was crying. Yeah. What if this says no? Yeah. What will I take? But you got to think if I was, if I was, I was at her house every day for two to three months organizing her office, getting all her documentation done, putting her legal practice into trust, starting the business, doing all the corporation. I wrote the business plan. Like I did a whole lot for her because I was just so excited to be in her presence because she was so brilliant and so smart. And then turns out she felt the same way about me. And I was like, oh. That's super so cool. That's super yeah. cool. I bet them Starbucks uh, employees are like, what the hell is going on with this white oh, lady? This, wow. this young black girl. Falling in her lap, like <laughs> literally like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was yeah. even scared. Yeah, it was, it was so beautiful. That's but, hilarious. But that was, was really awesome for me. She was really a godsend. Super cool. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad now you know your value. And now you probably 10x it because that was 14 years ago. So uh, <laughs> um, that's super cool. What's your day to day look like? Um, you know, as as your own boss, what what does that look like now? Right now, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Okay. There'll be no judgment here. No, it's okay. Yeah, I won't really be doing much at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just chilling huh I, yeah i i see wait hold on first of all i see you be on clubhouse all day so <laughs> but here's here's the key to that i created a business based out of my deficit right i have a master's degree a, a bachelor's in, in international business i have a master's degree in organizational management I am teaching people and creating systems for people's businesses that allows them freedom of time. So guess what I have? Freedom, freedom of, time. of time. Yeah. That, that's what I built. So I built a business that would allow me to put a system in place where it runs without me. I don't want to do nothing. Not nothing. I don't want to. I don't want to do anything except for lay on the beach, get on yachts, drink champagne, hang out with my friends, take naps on the couch, take naps on the beach, travel the world, cook, eat cupcakes. I only want to do what I want to do. So yeah. what did I have to do in order to make that happen? I had to put systems in place. So my daily life looks like that. My daily life looks like figuring out what I want to do with my day because I don't, I hired and outsourced every task that I don't want to do. 
Now, now I want to talk about that. Um, so in order to do what you want to do, do you sometimes have to do what you don't want to do in the beginning to get to where you, okay. Because a lot of people don't understand that they, you know, a lot of people, like you said, um, you, you, uh, you were, you finished college and then you're, you're, you're on your couch at your dad's house and your sister's like, what the hell are you doing? Doing, you know, don't you have a degree? Shouldn't you be working? Like, but you were trying to figure it out. And instead of you just like, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to work for that job. I'm just going to sit here and, and until something comes to me, then that's what I'm going to do. No, you actually went out there and thanks to your sister and put these systems into place and did the dirty work, right? Um, in the beginning to get to where you are to have that freedom. A lot of people don't, they don't like, that doesn't click for them. You know what I mean? And part of it, a big part of that is one, it, especially now with social media, all you're really seeing is the fruits of the labor, right? Ah. You'll see me on a, you'll see the guys out with helicopters and Lamborghinis. You'll see the girls out on girls trips and getting guacamole on everything, right? <laughs> so you get to see, you get to see all Expensive. the- <laughs> Oh, guacamole is it? Throw it on there, everything. Tacos, yes, burritos. Guacamole is like $2, like that's the most, ROI thing ever. Like <laughs> oh, so good though. Yeah. But, but again, you get to see the the beautiful pictures. You don't see the work that went into it. So now when people look at me now, because I'm just becoming social media um friendly before mm -hmm. I was literally I've been behind the scenes for probably 12 years out of 14. So you wouldn't know what businesses I was behind. You wouldn't know the clients that I had. You wouldn't know who I was working with because I was actually working. What you're just now seeing publicly, if you go to Instagram, you're like, oh, she has followers. That's because my clients have reposted me. It's not because of my own doing. Um, but I did that. I, I'm doing that publicly because God put it on my heart that I need to teach more people about how to create systems. But the last 12 years out of 14, I've been working my ass off. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I'm not, I don't, that sleepless nights and stay up all and, and hustle and grind. I don't want to live like that forever. But on the beginning, absolutely. I yeah. did have to go into people's homes, work and help and build things. I did stay up late at night and have to, you know, overwork and writing and hand bar. But I started figuring out, okay, who could do this better than me that I don't have to do it? Of course, I need to understand what the process is, but once I get it, once I understand it, yeah. now I can teach someone else, I can document it and then teach someone else how to get it done for me to where now I have a little bit more freedom. And, and I'll tell you when that became important for me um, is, I, of course, I have my daughter, she's 10 now, but when she was about four or five, um, she was sitting on the couch and again, we're ADD people, so we don't sit still. So um, we're sitting on the couch and she's just sitting there and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, well, I was wondering if you love your business more than you love me. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, I was wondering, do you love your business more than you love me? I was like, no, why would you think that? She's like, well, you hold your laptop more than you hold me. And, and you look at your phone more than you look at Ashley. I was like, as I'm sitting there with my laptop in my lap and my phone in my hand, I'm like, what? What do you, why would you think that? No. And, and I realized at that point, I was like, for as much money as I'm making, I'm a financial phenomenon, but I'm a family failure. Yeah. And, and there's a picture that I have even on Instagram of her when she's little with a big smile on her face um, and me holding her. And it's the day, like that day I closed my laptop, I turned off my phone for the first time ever. Like since I had an iPhone, I've never powered it down. I'll turn the sound off, yeah. but turning it actually off. I turned the phone off and we went to the zoo and she was like, you don't have your phone. Like we're walking around. She's so amazed. And I'm like, look at the impact that, that I put on my daughter and the type of resentment that she could have had, had she never spoken up about how she felt. And we went to the zoo. We had a great day. We ate all the ice cream and junk food. I put her in the bath, put her in the bed. And I bawled my freaking eyes out that night. And I was like, God, what? Like, I'm out here thinking that I'm doing a great thing because I'm the PTA mom and I'm always there and I get to show up for all the stuff because I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. But, but that didn't matter. What mattered was the time that my daughter didn't get to look at me in my eyes because I was talking to her over my phone. And I was like, God, what can I do 
to never let her feel like that. I pinky promised her that I would never let her feel like that again. And I was like, like, I have to start putting systems in place where my business can run without me. I don't want to make her whole life growing up. I don't want her to resent entrepreneurship or me. I don't want that. What type of systems do I need to put in place? What tools do I need? What people do I need on my team to help me run this business? Because I can't do it all on my own, especially as Black business owners. I know that these are our babies, but our babies, our real babies are suffering because we want to hustle and grind all damn day and night. I don't want to do that. I want the freedom that if my daughter says, mommy, I want to go to Mexico tomorrow, guess where we're going? We're going to effing Mexico tomorrow because I've created systems. I've created a team. I've documented all the processes that need to happen in order for my business to run without me. So yes, that hustle and grind, there's periods of your life, you're going to have to do that. <laughs> also have to think smart and figure out what tools and what team you need to have in place for you to start getting back some of your time. Very true. Very true. Um, one thing stuck out to me that you said a while ago was um, you you wanted to do the dirty work so that you can know what you're doing in order to outsource it in the future. Um, that that right there stuck with me because that's exactly like what I do. Like I don't, for example, if I wanted to hire you, I don't want to just give you my money and say, do it for me. And then it's done. And I can still go about my day. I want to give you my money so that you can do it for me, but you can also kind of teach me so that I can do it next time. You know what I mean? That I want to learn why you thought the way you did, because I like to, I like, I like to learn. I like to continue to learn whatever I'm doing. Like right now I'm trying to build uh, another website. I've built websites before. Right. But I haven't focused, uh, mainly on SEO, right? That's the most important thing. So right now I want to build a website and I'm reaching out to people and I'm like, I don't want to just give you my money to, to send me back the website and be like, okay, it's all done. Like, I want you to kind of like, you know, show me why you did this, you know, like why, why was this so important to put this email thing at the top of the page as opposed to down here? You know what I mean? Um, so that's super important um, is, is kind of learn the structure before you can outsource the structure. Because when you outsource without really knowing, first, you can always get screwed, right? Because you don't know what you're paying for. You have to know what you're paying for. Um, secondly, it's good to learn everything about your business, even if you're not doing everything in your business. Um, Absolutely. So, super important. Um, what's happening is you you go and outsource like for example and it's happened to me before where i've outsourced somebody to build a website for me and then guess what i needed a change and i don't know how to do it right now you got to go pay someone else again to, to you do decode it. what this last person does and they're like no they work in their own crazy language yeah. and i can't and then it can't it can't be changed so now i have to go and get a whole another website built out crazy so, no, you really understand every aspect of your business before you outsource it and so that way you can measure whether the person that you've hired is doing it the way that you want it done but if you don't have a documented process on how to make that happen you won't know what they're doing you won't know how to measure it you won't know if they're being successful facts 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 no that's great um wow a lot of knowledge dropped on this episode so thank you um, I don't, I don't want to uh, overload the people's brains. So uh, we're going to wrap it up soon. Um, is there anything you want to say um, to the people? Um, write it down. Seems simple. And, and, you know, if you get on Clubhouse, you know, people are like, drop gems, drop gems, gems, gems. And I'm like, bro, write it down. That's because it, it's the most simple thing that people haven't done. You will have created a whole website, got business plans done, everything you could put logo, you on Fiverr, you done hired a whole team full of people. And then I ask you to see your operational playbook and you ain't got nothing, absolutely nothing. So, so the one thing if I could just ask people to do is write it down. How do you want your business run? If it's not documented, it's undocumented. It's not, if there are no rules, there's no rules. You can't tell and teach someone how to take care of your baby if you've never explained it to them properly. So what's the first step? Write it down. Find a task that you find yourself doing all the time that can be duplicated and you don't need your hands on it. Write down that process and then give it to one of your friends and ask them to do it for you. Give it to someone that you know and say, 
could you follow this really quick? Here's how I want an email done. I'm gonna write out every step that it takes in order to, for an email to be sent and give it to someone you know and see if they can follow those steps. And if they can, awesome. If they cannot update the, the processes that it needs to be able to write that email and then outsource it. Even if that's an hour out of your day that you get back, that's a lot of hours over time. That's 365 hours that you'll get back every single year. If you could just outsource that one hour worth of time a day. So guess what you find the next task, outsource that the next task. But if you never documented it, you can't find anybody to help you. I don't care if it's building your website, if it's how to open the cash register, if it's how to open your, your kiosk in the store, if it's how to start your podcast. If all of this isn't documented, where do you start? Writing it down one step at a time. One step at a time. Oh, that's that could that could be a nice title right there. One step at a at a time. I like that. Um, <laughs> um, cool. The way we like to in the episode is we have a, a guided conclusion section where I ask you one question we didn't talk about before. Um, it could be funny, serious, whatever. Today's question is funny, okay? Because <laughs> uh, I've been doing. It's been it's been you know 2020 was very serious, so there was a lot of deep deep questions. Um, but today we're gonna switch it up. My question for you today is, would you rather be forced to listen to the same 10 songs on repeat for the rest of your life or be forced to watch the same five movies on repeat for the rest of your life? Low key, I, that's really where I live right now. Like I- <laughs> <laughs> You like shit, I, whatever I, one. <laughs> look, I actually, I've actually had the same CD in my car. I bought my car in 2013. I've never changed the CD. It's a Dwelle CD. It, I swear to <laughs> it's the exact same CD that's still in my car from 2013 and it's 2021. And the bomb CD. <laughs> I know it over my daughter, she knows all the word. Like it's so ridiculous. And I literally have not, because I love TV so much, I don't watch it. So I purposely didn't have cable. So we only had like 10 movies, like The Wiz, Armageddon, and eight cartoons. So I've kind of already in that space yeah yeah for sure for sure i guess the bet the better question would be then uh you like movies or or music better i like movies i like to mm -hmm. i like to see people you moving like i like to see their reactions i love to imagine the fact that at the end of this dramatic scene they're like cut all right man what do you want on your burger yeah like, <laughs> that's true like i'm choking you out and they're like yeah it's yeah like, all right man Want to get some soup food some sushi right. today yeah. like i love the actions and and to see people so i would go with movies okay cool cool well like i said i appreciate you for coming up here um it's it's super good to meet you you definitely brighten my morning up you got a good personality i hope the audience could feel that through this zoom and through the audio so um definitely go check out uh connie's business businesses um so let them know where they can follow you and definitely your clubhouse because that's where i found you and you be in every chat room <laughs> <laughs> So everywhere on earth, you can find me at Connie S. Falls. Why? Because the S is for systems. You don't forget the Z and Jay-Z. Don't forget the S and Connie S. Falls. Clubhouse, Connie S. Falls. Instagram, Connie S. Falls. Facebook, Connie S. Falls. All the exact same places you'll find me. Um, you can grab my book on the website. You can go to scrambledeggs.com. Uh, and get it, you uh, scrambled eggs, the playbook.com. You can find it on Amazon. You could also find it on my Instagram bio where it says scrambled eggs, the ebook, or you can also get the hardcover. It seems like people really love the ebook these days. So go ahead and grab your download. And I'm looking forward to working with everybody one day. And stay tuned for the Audible because you're going to do it. <laughs> I am going to do it. I put it write it down. Book. Write it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I did. And I sent it to my assistant because she's actually going to write it down because she's far better than me. Uh, there you yeah. go. There you go. Well, I appreciate you, Connie. Um, I hope everyone had a great uh, time listening today. This is the Misguided Podcast. We intend to guide you to a better future. My name is Juwan. Again, sitting here with Connie S. Falls and the S is for systems. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Love you when they on your mind. Thought it's love's currency. And I've been thinking about her all the time. I never seen somebody put together perfectly. What would I have to do to call you mine? Someone like you is so hard to find. You can open up your eyes or you can walk in blind. All I ask is that you hurry. I will hurt you, don't you worry. Listen to me, I'ma set you free. He ain't gonna break your heart.
Found a silence as they all just watch you I kinda find it strange how the times have changed Wish we could go and be free Once, baby, you and me We could change the world forever And never come back again Let's leave it all in the review to cry.